everybody. You're listening to another podcast. What's that? I actually released... Well, this one's incredibly late when it was recorded. Um, you're going to hear a lot of drops and jibs and jabs and stuff like that. Um, it's because I had to edit a bunch of names, and there was a child there, and I didn't want to pronounce his name to the internet. Thank you so much for listening and downloading anything and be a podcast, podcast. If you want me to come do the podcast at your place of business, work, anything, just house, shed, gun range, just uh, email me, John Hastings Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, special thanks to Adam Taylor for having us in his house. Um, Adam, sorry you had to wait so long for this. And um, you know what? Actually, I'm not sorry. I had to edit this thing so many goddamn times. And so, yeah, it's a little disjointed, but there's some amazing stories in there. So strap in. The one at the very end is fucking awesome. And now I'm going to fart into the microphone. Enjoy. because I like to start every show with an awkward preamble <laughs> of bureaucracy. Um, and uh, because you're a bit young, I'm not going to use your real name because you don't deserve that, so we're going to give you a nickname, which is The Dictator. <laughs> so, like, I may refer to you, but it'll be... And I'm, not, I'm saying that because there's an eight-year-old... Here's what's happening, everyone. I'm not going to explain to the people that are listening. And people do listen. There's, like, a thousand people that listen. Most of them are in Scotland, and I haven't posted an episode in about six months. And... Routinely, I get an email from this one guy who threatens me to put another episode on. And, like, and the problem is, is that I have said my address on this podcast stupidly and then not taken that episode down. So I'm a little concerned that he's going to show up. But that being said, if it's a, a rate Scottish podcast listener. I can take that guy in a fight. Like I'll just yell something about Star Wars that's incorrect and he'll collapse. And then I'll have to correct him because even though I look like a bully... I've never been more... Are you... Dictator, are you excited for the new Star Wars movie to come out? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It just made me Don't say his name! The internet! Oh, no. The Dictator! The Dictator! You have to call him The Dictator! The Dictator, quite literally, has just forced me to watch all six Star Wars movies because I've never seen them before. And they're amazing. They were good. The problem is that we've... I feel like it's an ex-girlfriend of mine who was so great in the beginning and then was like got a heroin addiction and cheated on me <laughs> with my entire family for three separate movies and brought in things that I love. Like Christopher Lee is in one who recently died. You guys are, yeah. you know, he just, I'm a bit of a heavy metal fan. So he's the narrator of every good album and he was Scaramanga in The Man with the Golden Gun. And I actually got to be honest, I thought he died about five years ago. So, but he was there and then, and it ended sort of on this high where they were like, and one day we're going to build the Death Star. And then you do the math and it's like, it's the future. You have robots and it takes you 20 years to build a space station that you didn't finish. Like it's not done in the first episode. And it's just, so yeah, so I'm excited. Mostly because I didn't think Harrison Ford would look that good. And, and he does. Oh, he does look like, you guys can you guys can talk a little bit. I know now we get to see him from the waist up for the rest of the film, though, don't we? That's what we're getting. Why? You heard he broke his leg, so for a portion of the film, you're only going to see him. Is that how they're going to do it? <laughs> you're telling me they couldn't CGI him just walking instead? They're just everything else. You're all right, but I think when it comes to Harrison Ford, you need the original or nothing at all. <laughs> Like the 1970s, like dashing in a cowboy hat, still a tremendously bad actor. Yeah, I said it, guys. I, I'm aware that you all are looking at me like, what? In every film, he's basically Harrison Ford. In every film, yeah, Harrison Ford plays Harrison Ford. But it's, it's like, I, there's someone who has dissent. Please, you know, oh. make your point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the original dream, though. 
isn't he? That's exactly. Oh, and it's okay because his good looks just foam through every role. It's okay because he's handsome. I I couldn't agree more. Like I am a I am a straight white male, and I I'm not attracted to Harrison Ford, but I'm also like. If the opportunity arises, I would be like, yeah, let's do this with or without the use of his legs. Maybe, I, maybe I'm the one to heal him. I am his Callista Flockhart, who is he now married to, for those of you who remember, Ali McBeal. Oh, right? So much. So much. Okay, what was the, for those of you who don't remember the Ali McBeal, it was, as I understood it, it was a show about a lawyer who just couldn't date people. Yeah. And yeah. then there was one episode where, was, you know, remember that like dancing baby that was around? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. remember 1999 when computers <laughs> weren't something we had to use for everything? Yeah. They just occasionally do something entertaining and we'd lose our minds? So, dictator, in, in, before you were born, computers weren't like things on our phones. They were these things that would sit in the corner of one room of our house and no one told us you could do things like draw with them and then one day this is all they did is they made a baby dance ridiculously and the entire world went butt face for it like they couldn't believe they couldn't get enough of it. it was on Ali McBeal in an opening of the show for some reason she danced with a baby and that's all I know about this show because back in those days people had to watch television and so some of the television was insane like there was this show called Melrose Place and it was about whip, women and men who lived in an apartment and then sometimes they dated and then other times they robbed jewelry from each other <laughs> like you live in a flat you live in flats right You live in two houses. So this isn't a house. This he, does, he doesn't live here. Oh, you don't live here. Oh, yeah. I get confused. Yeah. I don't know everything about you. But let's just say, you see, but you've been to a flat before, yeah. right, John? So this is a flat. You guys have never spoken to your neighbors, have you? No. Yeah. There's no way you would, like, end up dating and then steal jewelry with each other. And yet that was a television show that went on for eight years that people watched all the... Now, television's really good. It's everything is about a guy who teaches math or owns a store, and then he's going to die, and then he sells meth. And it's a great... <laughs> it's a great, great show. I've uh, had a very interesting day. I've been traveling a lot, getting ready for the Edinburgh Festival. You guys are all familiar. You worked at the Edinburgh Festival last year. Um, and do you guys know the process of how shows get ready for the Edinburgh Fringe? No okay, so here's what you do. You take a bunch of money, like, like 7,000 pounds, and then you give it to a, a London agent, and then they go, great. And then they light it on fire, <laughs> effectively. And then you get to go to the Edinburgh Fringe and perform. Like, here is nice. This is a nice room. You guys are all smiling, and you're interested in seeing what the hell is this. You're like, we could be drunk in a pub. Instead, we're drunk in someone's house. Where there's just a snare drum in the corner. <laughs> I like it, because it just sort of, you, the only people know you're rock and roll, but not excessively. <laughs> That's all like my limits of my drawing skills are hitting one thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You'll never talk to the neighbors, so you can be Meg White all you want. Yeah, exactly. so that was that was a reference to the fact that Meg White, all she did was hit the snare drum. Yeah, it's not. She's got a kick pedal as well. Does she really? Yeah, played a couple songs. She is the luckiest person in show business. She divorced Jack White, and then he said, "Let's start a band," and now she's a millionaire, and she still doesn't even speak in public. Like, I, could, I want that gig so bad. What are you going to do? I'm going to be awkward on television for five years. This other guy will do all the work. I'll get most, uh, half the money. And now I'm going to date a guy who's in, I think he's the lead singer of The Shins. Dictator, so when you grow older, um, to impress people, you can't do things like impressive sandwich combinations. You have to pretend to care about like 
crazy weird corners of rock and roll or you really care about them too much which really annoys other people because then you're like 29 and because you have a massive Edinburgh debt you shouldn't be still buying vinyl mostly because you don't own a record player but because you're stressed out of the fact you haven't really prepared your show properly you buy like seven Detroit vinyl LPs and have them shipped over from Detroit, Michigan costing you 300 pounds and your solution is well I got a credit card and then what you do is you just don't open those bills and hope it all goes away and that is how the economy is in the way it is. <laughs> um, so we started a couple of streams. So what's happened right now is I'm going up and down the country and you preview your show, which is basically you show up with a bunch of notes and you hope your show is very good. It's like an, a slightly more prepared version of what I'm doing right now with you guys, only I'm not in a house. You're in like a weird venue that's usually like a cool comedy club where it's like five acts and they're all stag dudes and what's the difference between men and women? I don't know, but they're ridiculous, these women, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone laughs and sort of asks misogynistic and there's like, a, like an occasional racist joke and everyone like looks the other way. And then come May, what they do is they say, out of here, regular comedians, and then they bring in acts doing Edinburgh Hours, which are these much more sentimental, interesting, long-winded stories. And it's the worst thing because you get, I was in Ludlow yesterday. Have you guys ever been to Ludlow? It is, have you, it's the weirdest town because it's like this posh, middle of nowhere place, but they don't want you to think they're posh. They want you to think you're, they're working class. They're like driving a Range Rover, but in a tracksuit and like they're decanting iron brew. Like there's this odd air of the whole thing. And I have a, a part in my show where I just, I talk about um, like, like bonding with a very good friend of mine and we hugged and a guy looked at his friend and I could tell he wanted to be like, they're gay, right? But he didn't know how to. So he just nodded at his friend and then winked and then he just left. <laughs> and it was the weirdest moment of like, he confronted his own homophobia and then was like, I better just get out of here. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. It was just, it was odd. And then I was with um, another comic named Gary Delaney. Do you guys know Gary Delaney? <laughs> Who doesn't love Gary Delaney? You, you can you speak, you don't have to whisper. Yeah. <laughs> his wife may have something to say about it, but that's okay. I love that. I love that. I, they can both come and live with me. <laughs> <laughs> They do, they, do, they do bring that out, Gary and his wife bring that out in people, is that people just want to be like, you're real! His wife is Sarah Milliken yeah. from the television, and uh, I like how your face was like, oh, her! Yeah, she it is... This, I love them both so much. Like, I would get Listen, I'm not trying to insult you, I'm just they, one of them is very rich, so... <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay nothing to be on Live at the Apollo 11 times. Yeah, but they're just, they're amazing. What's very interesting is I wasn't raised in the UK, so I don't know who famous people are. So I met like Bobby Davro a year ago, <laughs> and he sat me down and explained to me how he was famous. And it was very strange, made even stranger when Shane Ritchie, another guy I didn't know who it was, and then he was like, and Bobby went to Shane and he was like, this guy doesn't know how famous we are. And then Shane Ritchie sat down and was like, have you heard of a little show called East Enders? And I was like, <laughs> Certainly haven't. And he was like, well, let me tell you. And, it's just, and he's like explaining the plot of EastEnders. Not any episode he was involved in. He was starting from like day one and moving <laughs> forward. And then they went up and did like gigs. Like This is a stand-up show. And I don't want to speak out of turn. So uh, let's just say one of them, whose name rhymes with Robbie Ravro, went up and like did a racist joke that was, it was one of those things where, have you ever seen something that was like, it was literally like, I was 
buying a gorilla in the grocery store, but it was a black person. And the entire, yeah, yeah, like there was not even a little bit of a, like a hes, by the way, there is a black person here and she made the classic like, oh, come on, really? Face, which is like, she'd eaten an entire lemon, just like, it's 2015. We've been through enough. We've given you music, dance, everything good, and then white people take it. Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. And yet still a guy, I don't even know why Bobby Davros famous. He said like BB, he was on BBC One, but I assume that was in the 80s and 90s when a lot of things were on BBC One. Like Jim Davidson had a show about snooker. Yeah. Oh, Big Bang is a You guys say that. I watched an episode. I'm going to have to disagree. It didn't... It's not good television. That's a, that's a photograph. That's, uh, good television is The Sopranos, an interesting perspective on a classic American tale of the mobster rising through and dealing with his mental issues. The big break was a guy named Jim playing snooker in a tux for an hour. Like, I don't know what, who's to answer for this, but I blame Margaret Thatcher. There was something about the end of the, the, the lower class's ability to earn a wage where they're just like, I know how to calm them down. Let's show them things that are insane on the telly. They won't riot because they'll think, if we do, they'll make us do this forever. I'm trying to think of another star. How did they make a program out of snooker and darts as well? Yeah. It, it's, it's the UK. You guys don't... I was about to swear, but you don't mess around when it comes to television. It's literally, there seems like a time that ended about five years ago where if you could get into the BBC, you got a television show. Have you heard of, uh, have you heard of You Bet? No, what is You Bet? Basically, you'd have to, basically, like, people would go on and they'd say, oh, I can name 500 different uh, countries. Is that even that yeah. many countries? No. In a, <laughs> in a minute. Yeah. And, uh, and then people would bet whether they could do it or not. That was basically the, uh, the whole concept. And I get, yeah. how? I've never seen it. And that 197. Got, that, yeah, and that got on, that got on TV. It's, yeah. it's cr- like on Saturday night as well. But the, <laughs> you guys also have this weird obsession with Saturday night. I have never been in this country when people are watching television on a Saturday night because you're all out just like partying like the wall of fire is approaching your city. <laughs> and, and yet, but still it's like Saturday night, BBC One, it's like who's gonna watch that? Is that why you put the insane things on there? Which is like only people with the inability to turn the television off are pinned just watching like Michael McIntyre like shoe a horse for 45 minutes. And then he- well, we have TV. Yeah, it's, is it still called TiVo? No. No. We just it. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix. It's glorious. Glorious yeah. Netflix. But yeah, so I've been going around doing Edinburgh Preview. So what happened was I forgot literally everything required to do this podcast except for this machine. Like, I didn't bring batteries or a SIM card. I brought my computer, but my computer was out of, out of juice when I left London. Didn't bring a power cord. Why would I bring a power cord so I could then properly record? Don't need to. So then I had to go to the Arndale Center, my favorite part of every... British city is your weird, way too big shopping center. <laughs> because, and I come from North America, I come from Canada, we have the West Edmonton Mall, which is the third largest mall in the world. It has two pirate ships and four Starbuckses. They're all, yeah, you can scuba dive. You, you go in a submarine, you can ice skate. You used to be able to pet dolphins, but then they realized, you can, you can bungee jump? Yeah, into the diving pool there, you can bungee jump. 
it's just this mall. It's insane. And I, I did comedy in it, and there's a comedy club in there. And I met one of the owners, and one of the owners looked like a Bond villain. He was from like Dubai. He had like a nickname that was like Chichi, and he. It was January in Edmonton, so it's snow. Like it was 15 feet of snow, and he had brought. He had driven in a Ferrari. There, like that's exactly like I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna really open up this Ferrari on the icy slick roads, and I just wanted to see him like get in that sweet sliding door that goes up, and then just crawl his way too expensive suit in there, and then at one kilometer per because we use kilometers in Canada because miles are confusing, but kilometers make sense because kilometer takes 10 minutes to walk or one minute to drive, and you can figure out kilometers per hour much easier. With miles, it's like a weird 3.4 calculation. And it also drives me crazy that you guys use miles, but then use like stone and kilos. Like you can't pick a system. Like you go walk around, metric, it's perfect. Centimeters, kilometers, we use pounds. But still, you understand we need to get together on this. Now, uh, let's get up to some important things. This show's gonna be at the Edinburgh Festival all month. Uh, are any of you going to the Edinburgh Festival this year? Yeah, can't make it. Why, do, why aren't you guys going? I'm always interested because it's like when I live in the comedy world, what literally happens is that every, we all think all of the UK, all they're waiting to do is come to Scotland in August and sit in a dank, damp room and hear us talk about how our dads didn't hug us enough. <laughs> and then we cry and then play like a Miley Cyrus song and then hope... <laughs> We get an award. So it's this weird world where like, what do you mean you're not going to the Edinburgh Fringe? The rest of the country will be closed. What will you do? You'll, you'll starve. Come up there. You can deep fry a banana. But what are you, what are you going to do? Much the dream is to do that. There's the other dream of working all the time instead of not being able to get time off. So you have to choose between the two. You see, this is what I figured. It. I've, I've got that week off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, should, I should point out we all, uh, apart from Emily, uh, and obviously same dictator. party, which is, uh, sorry, dictator. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have a big editing job. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, apart from the dictator and that person to the left. Uh, <laughs> that makes it sound like the dictator's about to enact vengeance on you. <laughs> the dictator and she who shall not be named. <laughs> we, we, we all uh, work for the same pub. And what pub is it? Yeah, because I've worked in bars for years. It's, so a, it's a Weatherspoon. It's a Weatherspoon. There's nothing wrong with the Weatherspoons. I've needed... <laughs> <laughs> do not do not speak no, with. Like, if there was something like if there wasn't anything wrong, that's not what you say. I work for this pub. Oh, that's nice. Not, oh, they're fine, really. <laughs> Listen, they're all right, really. I I've had some dark days recently. I've had a relationship end, and sometimes you just need to drink where no one wants to know your name because they're too busy drinking too. <laughs> and a Weatherspoons has that perfect, because a Weatherspoons looks like where you should go, not when you're happy, not where you're sad, where it just, there needs to be some boozing done. <laughs> and I also, the meal deals at a Weatherspoons, there's this one by my house that has the four pound steak on a Tuesday, I don't know, do you guys have the four pound steak on a Tuesday deal? It's not that cheap. It's seven pounds plus, but yeah, eight, eight pounds 49. Eight. Come on, guys. No, it's, it's four pounds. This is London price. Finally, a Londoner can come to Manchester and complain about the price. You call this a, a steak for eight quid? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> Dictator, don't use those words during your reign. Yeah. <laughs> 
But it's just, it's one of the, that's, the, yeah, so you go there, and for, but I also just, I like the vibe of it. There's always, a, there's always like the four, like, there's always the old lady playing cards with herself, the weird Jamaican guy smoking but never drinking, the two old guys in a leather jacket watching whatever sport is on television, and then the old guy that you're like, one day I'm going to work up the courage to ask him a story, and he's going to be like, well, I remember when I met John Lydon of the Sex Pistols, and he still owes me a quid, and you <laughs> Because it looks like the actual, because you go to like actual British pubs and they're far too like warm and nice and they're like, oh, we're serving a pie that's made out of lamb cutlets. It is 14 quid. And you're like, no, this is not, I want that sort of, it's washed but never clean kind of environment. <laughs> I'm of course not speaking about your specific Weatherspoons, which is obviously the, like the. Is it the nice, is it that really nice one that's sort of by the train station that I always use the toilets of because they're upstairs and they're really wide and you don't have to pay for them? Yeah. <laughs> Is it that one? Which one is it? It's the one in the train station. It's not the one in the train. No, it's not the one in the train station. That one is garbage. It's the one like down and around. This is me trying to give direction. Today, probably, right? If I was going by the Arndale Center? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's just opposite St. Peter's Square where the tram stop is. Yes. It's a treat. Come in and see us. I will, totally. I've definitely peed in your bathrooms nonchalantly about 100. And they're, and they're upstairs? These yeah. Okay, let me ask you this, because I do this all the time. I go around this country, and I constantly have to go number one or number two-zy-woozy. And I will not, as a matter of principle, pay to use a train station toilet. So you find yourself just using a lot of pub toilets. Do you guys notice when people like come in, use the toilet, yes. and leave? Yes. Uh, this is not what I wanted to hear. Now, <laughs> and what, what, what is the sort of protocol in this? Are you allowed to let them go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have no problem with people coming in. Pause. Who else is really excited to see who does the shot at 10 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't 10 in the morning, it was probably about 12. Oh. <laughs> we needed the toilet, the church was really packed, we couldn't get to the church toilets. There was a pub about five minutes away. We went to the pub, we did some the shots, and then we came back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing better in the world than the priming the pump for the family occasion, like, quick drink. I most what London thinks of the North, which is like people covered in bits of old chip <laughs> yelling at a dog that's not there. Like, well, who, let's go around, because there's a lot of pub employees. I worked in a pub. I will tell you my drunkest guy's story at the end, but let's go around and see who's the drunkest person you've ever seen. You know, I thought I was going to say about uh, the different breed of Manchester you get with... Um, yeah, yeah, let's say that. He wasn't, I don't know, maybe he was drunk. You can't really tell with some people. But, so he's walking down the street. It's... On his own, he's about 50, 60 years old. Oh, see, that's a negligible area. But, like, it's intoxication or he just remembers the war a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, like, it could either way. But wearing quite a nice suit, mm. quite smart. On his own, turns and faces the street, raises his arms in the air, announces to everyone walking by, Manchester, born and bred. <laughs> <laughs> and carries on with his day. That was it. What time in the morning in the day was it? It was, you know, it's 12, 1 o'clock afternoon, early in the day. <laughs> so sometimes you feel the need, I guess. I just, it's, but it's again, I have, I, listen, you're alive, especially, like we have this beautiful view, we're in Manchester right now for those of you listening, and it's, it's one of those cities where the rest of 
And by rest of, I mean London, where I live, really takes a big dukeroo on the city. Like they're just they're like they're up there eating coal and like just shopping at Primark on discount day, and that's it. And it's, and it's not because it's actually a very artsy fartsy weird city. And what I didn't know is there was actually greenery and hills. Because I'll be honest, Manchester is a bit of a it can be a bit gray and concrete when you're in the cities. But we're literally looking at like a rambling hikeish hill where like you know Robert War. Wadsworth, is that right? Bath District, smart reference, didn't work. Back to talking about drunk people being stupid, right guys? What this podcast is all about, Adam. Drunkest person you've ever seen. What is your job in the, in the pub? We can use your name because it's your house and... I am a shift leader. Shift leader. Yeah. That sounds very impressive. What does that mean? Does that mean you have to wear like a... This means that I'm one, one uh, rung down from like management ladder. So I'm not like a full manager, I'm like a shift leader. All right, so if like the... Let's go guided by voices. If the manager was so Robert Pollard, d- dig it. Okay. Four people are clapping their hands <laughs> in nerdish glee, and everyone else is like, I don't even know what they just said. Tobin wrote some of the best songs in guided by voices. So yeah, really seriously. Good. At least he's not Mitch Mitchell, and not the Mitch Mitchell you think who played with uh, Jimi Hendrix, the other Mitch Mitchell who looked like he died in the 80s but still lives. Always with a cigarette in his mouth. Every single picture you see of him. He's just, he looks. He looks like probably the guy who yelled Manchester born and bred feels right now. And please look up Mitch Mitchell from Guide by Voices and then laugh at how good that joke was. But if you don't understand the reference, you all do what you guys did, which is go, <laughs> just move off the subject, guys. Let's go. Um, so the drunkest person you've ever seen, Adam. Um, I was, uh, I just finished a shift and I went to, um, went to Spa to get my late night snack. Classic. And teen tiny sandwich. And it was just this girl just shouting, no, 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 I'm still in town. No, I'm still in town. And like literally for about five minutes, oh, yeah. all she was shouting was, I'm still in. And then, and then she went on to explain to the guy who was serving her, like that she was still in town. Like <laughs> that, the guy was just like. <laughs> There's something about also the spar chain of late night off license that it's that is, it is, yeah, it is the last stand of civilization <laughs> at one in the morning. Yeah before just a woman in far too high heels screams, get me a taxi, falls down and gets a concussion. Like, it's the only place, like, I need cigarettes, a newspaper, a Lucozoid, and a Bible. There's a spar, it's four blocks away. There's a man, uh, I actually, this is weird, I was in a spar in Coventry and I was buying cigarettes because I started smoking again, because I need to be cool. And I walk in and I was wearing a Bad Brains t-shirt and the guy behind the counter was a Sikh and, uh, and I, it was like one of those moments of unintentional, like just ignorance where he just went like, oh, the bad brands, I love them. And I went, you do? And, I, and then he went, yeah, why wouldn't I like the bad brands? And I was like, I... <laughs> and I, I should have been like, you look too young to have heard of that band. But instead I just went, okay, and left. And I felt, still feel guilty to this day. Man who was out there, I intentionally left my change with you as an apology for what I what I thought, which is how we, the white people, deal with it, was we leave small amount of money that will <laughs> never ever fill the gap of what we had cost. Um, guy who's sitting next to Adam, looking dashing, I assume. Um, I like how you crossed your leg once I accused you of being dashing. Like, finally, someone noticed I've been trying to. I've been wearing this shirt for months! There's this one guy, well, many regulars, but. Or irregulars? Come on, <laughs> professional comedian. Who comes in and drinks a particularly strong ale that we have. What's um, it called? Wobbly Bob. 
<laughs> I don't like cutesy beer names now. It really bugs me that they're like, because there used to be something called Delirium Tremens. Have you ever had Delirium? Yeah, yeah. It's this like n- Netherlands. Str- like it has a vapor to it and you have like two and you're like oh, I just I, I'll go to the hospital and but now but like Delirium Tremens it just sounds like you're getting into something Wobbly Bob sounds like something the dictator would get with his sandwich <laughs> not something that would paralyze a 50 year old and usually when he's had enough we'll say you've had enough like sometimes we even offer to call him a taxi but this particular night I think Wobbly Bob was probably it was at a cheaper price so he'd had far more than he usually would have had. He drank them so much he was calling them Wobbly Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> and so we told him to leave and he started to, well, I'd say walk, he didn't really walk out. He started to fall slowly sideways <laughs> until I turned around and heard this thud and he had fallen over a chair. <gasps> but I, t- I was like, I'm not it's both yeah it's both the story of you seeing the drunkest person and also the day that your soul was proven dead <laughs> just an old man falls onto a chair <laughs> you do work in a pub what do you have better to do than save that man's life then I turned around again and he'd, he'd got himself up absolutely fine and was just stood in the doorway. Like, it was the creepiest thing because he'd, he'd got himself up and stood, he didn't move. And then I turned around again and I thought, no, I'll leave him too. And then I went outside and he was just standing at the traffic lights. What? <laughs> like, he just slowly, I don't know how he'd move. He was so drunk he couldn't move, he was just going <laughs> through the ether? Yeah. <laughs> um. That's amazing. What was he dressed in? I always like seeing like like old old men drunks. I do like that they put on a suit still. Like they're like, I'm going out. I'm looking good. I'm gonna meet a flapper. I'm gonna buy her a, a mint julep, and we will dance to the the songs of Benny Goodman. Um, what, do you remember what he was dressed in? Something classic, probably. Something well, I don't know. He had a hat on. I know that. What? Kind of like that hat. Kind of similar. All right. Well, that's something. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but yeah, he, he usually wears like a suit jacket, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Then. You gotta look good. Alright. Drunkest person ever. Um, I once watched a woman vomit into her handbag and then rustle around into her oh. handbag oh. about sticky change. Oh. <laughs> a new stage of vomit because she didn't realise why it was wet even though it came out of her own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, congratulations to her. You know, she doesn't really get textures, but... Oh, no, I saw a woman vomit in her, in her own person in, in Iceland. And then she tried to steal someone else's purse. It was just bizarre. It was just, but I've never been that drunk where I vomited in a bag. Did you steal the other purse because she needed to be sick again? This is, <laughs> I've always just thought she wanted to replace her purse, but that actually makes way more sense. So you've worked in bars longer than I have. That you, you, you understand them? Like you're like a Cherokee Indian tracing a, like a cattle rustler in the 1870s, just putting your hair to a rock. She needed to throw up again. That's why she we needed... Two pockets for a <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. How long did she stay in the pub after she vomited in her own bag? This is the amazing thing about this country. It was back home, so in a small town, and she stayed for as long as she wanted. Yeah, that's I, couldn't, I couldn't move her. And also because she had the guts to be like... Yeah, I've been sick. 
and just continue with our evening. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere else in the world, if you throw up, you have to go home. Here, it's just like, well, now you know how much more you can drink before you need to go home. Yeah, my tactic within vomiting is my body is saying it's time to go to bed, so we're going to tactically embarrass you <laughs> in polite society by throwing up. But all y'all just go, no, that's what I did, and I like it. I don't care. Um, I saw a guy throw up on a cash point in Edinburgh, and then saw the guy behind him stare at it for about two minutes figuring out how much he needed money <laughs> before he just walked down to the next cash point that was across the street. All right, do you, I, you've never worked in, you don't no, currently. I, I, I don't work, I've never worked in a bar. Do you say, do you, have you seen a drunk person I before? Have, okay, what's the drunkest person? I've, I've been a drunk person. What's the drunk, okay, <laughs> so you don't work in a bar. You now, you have to be from the, what's the drunkest you've ever been? Oh, gosh. Um, I had a party when I was younger. Um, I, I, I mixed a Lambrini and anything should never be mixed. Lambrini. What is a Lambrini? It's, oh, it's made just, up pears. Oh. Right there, that doesn't make it sound better. <laughs> no, no. It's just one and a half liter bottle for £3.50. Oh, no. It's about 9% as well. Well, with those, that's a bargain. And that plus a couple of other like teenager yucky WKD type things. Mm. And I got so drunk that I threw up in the bathroom, but the girl's mum was also there and she needed to pee. So she was like, just throw up in the sink, I'm, I'm fine. I just really need to pee. And so I was there throwing up in the sink and bonding with this girl's, this girl's mum. As I, she's peeing <laughs> while you're vomiting in the sink. Yeah, just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. We're all drunk here. That's too, no, that's, you're, was, you're a mother. You don't get to be friends with the throw up girl. You look at her with judgment. I was like 16 as well, it was weird. And then I got home. Where are you from? Yeah. yeah, it's sadly, it's a very London like. It's it a, like a lady in her 50s, and she's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm gonna let the kids know that I'm cool. Basically, yeah. And then I got home and spent about five minutes trying to get my key in the front door and opened the door to my dad standing there giving me a look of. No. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, You smell like an ashtray. Get to your room. And then I fell up the stairs. Um, and my parents followed me up the stairs laughing. So that was, that was you guys, you, if you want to communicate, you can. It's cool. They're, 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 by the way, for those of you listening, during that great story, uh, Adam and one of his associates were doing this weird interpretive <laughs> dance <laughs> to get more drinks. And it was just very fun because I, I enjoyed the story, but also at the same time, it seemed like there was like... Um, um, yeah, they were doing like it, like they're sort of like, there's only one way we can get to this story is that by getting the acquiring of more alcohol. So quickly, get, get us more. <laughs> But you also mimed the opening of the beer, which I thought was the most interesting part. Because <laughs> you want, I want a beer, but open it, as opposed to <laughs> looking at it. Uh, to indicate that I wanted a can. Oh, you wanted a can. Uh, yeah, was a can. I didn't get that. See, I think, because I thought oh, he said. See, that's not good. I, I don't want that you and Harry can't communicate like this for when we do Don't Tell the Bride. <laughs> What's Don't Tell the Bride? Oh, oh my God, 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 the most amazing TV show ever. Oh, I know Don't Tell the Bride is an English TV program where they give you £12,000 for your wedding, oh. but the bride has nothing to do with it. The bride is not allowed to know a single detail, and the groom has three weeks to plan the wedding with his best man. So I keep saying to Adam, he's going to plan my wedding for me. <laughs> I even sent in the link last night, so you can apply for this season. Yeah. It'd be cute, wouldn't it? Do it. If nothing, just... But, what? Adam is going to spend £12,000 getting a custom-made 
I can't. I can't. Oh, the guy who wrote Voices Trivia What's I, more amazing is I read this Facebook status, read it to Andrew, and he's like, you know that's what he's going to do, right? He spent the entire three weeks planning an amazing comedian. But that'd be a great, that'd be a great wedding. I can't wait to, to get paid five thousand pounds to play your wedding. It's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the text. What are you wearing right now? Oh, you know, just like a, like a jumper. If you could like paint it white, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, all right, drunk. So you also work in the. What do you? What is your role in the? The, uh, the spoons is a stream you You're a manager. Yeah. So you're the Robert Pollard. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I just go with it. Just understand. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Did you guys meet at work? I assume. Yeah. Oh my! And as the other employees, were you guys upset that there was a workplace romance? Did you file? All right. Well, then never. That was a little bit of controversy, so we we won't. Oh yeah, probably best not to. Well, all right. We'll just skate right back that Manchester born and bred, as they say, and. Uh, oh, this isn't the drunkest person I've seen, but it's my favourite drunk story. Even better. I was um, in a manager's meeting at my old pub. Uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning so all all the managers from this pub were there and one of the the associates came upstairs and said I think someone's drinking their own beer in the toilet which in Wetherspoons is a bit rude because our beers are so cheap it's a pa- it's, it's it's off license prices it genuinely is so my pub manager who it was she's adorable but she's got a reputation for being a bit hardcore <laughs> she was like right let's go and find out this guy in the gents' toilets, all of us followed, like a train of managers to the men's toilet. Marched in the men's toilet. There's just a man sat on the toilet with his pants down drinking a can of strong <laughs> <laughs> Like five managers in a row, like, do you wanna? <laughs> Why was the door to the toilet not locked? Listen, I'm going to say it. I've definitely drank a tin of Strongbow on the toilet, and that door is for sure locked. Because I don't want... You don't want someone to see you at your bottom. We we can open the doors as well, just in case someone locks themselves in. That's a good point. But yeah, this door wasn't locked. We just... And he's there like... <laughs> just was he, was he embarrassed? Was he just? No, he was. He had a four pack. He was like two pants in. <laughs> Are you telling me? So he bought cider when he went there. He today won. is my special day. I'm going two Weatherspoons to the toilet. Four pack off license cider. Let's do it. No more. No more abiding by the rules. I forever have wanted to be entering liquid into my body and evacuating liquid in my body in a perfect cycle never to be interrupted by society or my goddamn wife. There is only one place to do it. Not my toilet. Well, I'll never be disturbed. The open door of the... All these names of people I have. Thank you for making this so fun for me to edit, guys, by the way. I'm well aware. This is gonna. This podcast is gonna be 15 seconds long. I was working on the floor and I was told to do toilet checks, and I go upstairs and there's just a guy and a girl having sex. In the yeah. Upstairs and started. I was like, pretty sure people having sex in the toilet. Every single person from the bar, one after the other, charged upstairs like me next. <laughs> <laughs>
Phoenix. Okay, I was like, excuse me, you can't do that in the toilet. You just reminded me of my second favorite story. Yeah. <laughs> they then, like, the girl and the guy come down and so like, no, 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 nothing was happening. We're just good friends. <laughs> you lie. And you just sound like, no. I have, I have a, a very good story of similar to that, but you, you go, because I got yeah, two. Yeah. Um, so I was the manager on duty at the pub that we once worked at. Yeah. Um, and I was like, thank you so much for your consideration. <laughs> For my fake radio show that helps for my fake broadcasting career, that I don't have to use GarageBand for up to and including 25 minutes. Yeah, one of my bar staff said he'd seen uh, a guy and a girl coming out of the Jets Tower. Yeah. yeah. Double checked on the CCTV just to make sure I wasn't coming over and just being that guy. Like, and they did, they came out of the Jets Tower together. So I went over to their table, I was like, look, one of my staff has seen you coming out of the Tower together. That's not okay. After you finish these beers, you're going to have to leave. Which is an, an okay thing. For it's an amazing though. thing. I would say you have to get out now. You don't get to finish your drinks. Well, I really wish I'd said you have to get out now because what they proceeded to do was tip all of their food and beers all over the booth that they were sat in because they'd been asked to leave because they had been in the toilets together. What? That's not okay. What garbage people. <laughs> and then they ran out of my pub and I was literally like chasing after them like... Oh. <laughs> The the dictator strikes again from his ivory tower. I don't. It was still that was the the drunkest person I've ever been. I've ever seen was me. Uh, I did um, a comedy festival, uh, or no, it was a fringe festival in Montreal when I still lived there. And um, let's clean this up for there's kids listening. A friend had given me a diet coke from British Columbia <laughs> that was very s- strong when ingested into my lungs. <laughs> and the brewery was also trying out this new fortified beer called like Trois Brasseux Oak and it was 12% but they didn't tell us and it was real smooth and so I had like a bill, like I think I had, let's not, not so like do a billion, I think I had eight or nine and then smoked some Diet Coke from British Columbia. <laughs> and I remember, I wasn't seeing double, but the entire room shifted. Like it was like a straight, long sort of theater. And then suddenly it went like oblong and then back normal. And I was like, I have to get out of here. So I ran down the alley, got into a taxi cab, got into the taxi cab and passed out. And I woke up and the taxi driver had taken me for a ride. It was a $10 cab ride from where I was to my house. I'd done it a lot. And it was, it was like a 30 dollar cab charge and I was just so a mess but I had to throw up very badly and I made the burp noise and was trying to communicate hey man you I'm not paying for this which it wasn't that succinct I'm sure it was like no money ten dollar and I made the burp noise and then he said you got to puke outside the cab and I made the conscious decision and I do remember being like either I puke in here and pay the whole thing or I puke out there and it's ten dollars and he said all right it's ten dollars and I gave him ten dollars and then I got out of the car and I vomited everywhere and then looked up and there was my flatmate and her mum. And, then, and she, the mum just went, have a good night, John. And I said, yes, saved $20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I fell asleep on the stairs. Yeah, that's how drunk I was. Have you ever slept on the stairs, dictator? No. Well, let me tell you this, don't do it. There's no way to get comfortable. <laughs> and you'll always be that guy for the rest of your life. Um, All right, let's end this.
Um, what is your classic combination of sandwich, Dictator? Delicious. Now, here's the question. Do you butter the bread, mayonnaise, or dry bread? Okay, butter. Follow-up question. Do you toast the bread? No. No, you like regular bread? Yeah. Do you like traditionally regular bread, or do, have you had, like, a sandwich with toasted bread? I like how your mom's looking at me being like, shut up about the toasting, or I'm going to be toasting every sandwich. I don't think so. Well, let me... I'll put in a word with some people. Because try your sandwich. Butter, not melted cheese, but still out of the fridge cheese, directly on the toast, then a pickle, then ham, my friend, you'll be in flavor country. <laughs> Do you have a special name for that sandwich? No. What, if you had to give it a name, what would you call it? The tastiest sandwich in the world. The tastiest sandwich in the world. <laughs> well, I think that's what we're going to have to name this podcast, Dictator. Uh, okay. Okay, hit right. So, uh, so there's, there's this crazy deaf lady who comes into the pub and she, she tries it on with just like random men oh, no. that drink there. Oh no! And there's this, there's this creepy guy who used to drink at the pub who, who looked a bit like, like Jarvis Cocker had fallen on bad times. <laughs> and Jarvis Cocker looks like yeah. he, he, he's fallen on bad times. But yeah, he's taken a couple of nosedives off the yeah. frightening tree. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and basically, um, we we saw him go up to the up to the toilets, uh, you know, after one, after quite like it was probably like an hour, wasn't it? Yeah. They were sat at the table, quite it's, close. Yeah, together yeah. Get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. People meeting people. What's yeah. wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, face, oh, to face. Face, oh. face to face. Very face to face. And then we saw them go uh, up to the toilets, and then oh, we no. looked on the CCTV. And found out that they would, that they'd come out of the same toilet, um, and obviously, did we ask them to leave or did they leave of their own accord? No, we asked them. They told me it was bad. Yeah, yeah. So the next morning, um, oh no, we found this uh, this like uh, ale magazine that we have in the have in the pub, and on it was written uh, sex, and. Underneath was yes in big letters, <laughs> and then on the next page it was uh, women's toilets question mark. So yeah, so they they've been up up to the. You found their romantic love poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Laws walk in on the girls' bathroom at a girl giving a boy friendship? Friendship <laughs> on the sofa. Oh, like why is toilet. there a sofa? She was the, she had no teeth as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're great. But it's a guys, it's a Weatherspoon's chain. So nothing that can absorb liquid should be involved. Oh, it's okay, it's quite clean. Yeah. It's oh, fine. I got to turn this off before, you know, I just uh. we're going too far now. <laughs> when I say disjointed, oh I mean disjointed. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been anything be hands for another week. Um thank you so much. Hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed you being with me. Um Reach out to me on Twitter at the John Hastings. Email me, John Hastings Podcast at gmail.com. Uh.